Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. John chapter 6, and I want to talk about, we've been talking about being led by peace, and uh, we're not done with that by any means, but I, I felt led of the Lord to talk about this turning to the Word, turning to the Word, turn to the Word. The, 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 the two single greatest things, really, that impacted my life so much in my Christian walk early on was coming to the understanding of two things. Number one, that the Word was truth. And then that the word is light. The word is truth, and the word is light. Now, you have, that, that's a choice you have to make. Faith is a choice. You know, faith is not something that just operates because you're a believer. Faith is a choice. Faith is a physical choice to believe God. Right? Remember the man that, that, that came and, and his son was possessed with the devil and he looked at Jesus and he said, Lord, if you can do anything, help us. And Jesus said, as for this question of yours, if I can, I'm a believing one and all things are possible to a believing one. And remember what the man said? He said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Well, what did he do? He, he chose right then to believe God. So faith is a choice. So you have to choose that this is true. All right, you have to choose that this is light. That, that's how it begins to operate. And in any situation, under consideration, we have to turn to the higher truth. All right, the higher truth is the word of God. What does the word say? Amen. In uh, Romans chapter 4 and in Galatians as well, Paul was dealing with two conflicting viewpoints uh, in, in the Roman church and in the, in the Galatian church, and he made the statement twice to them, he said, what does the Scripture say? What saith the Scripture? And then he went into what the Scripture said. And he said, that's, that's the bottom line. You'll always do yourself a service if you just base it on what does the Word say. Right? You, you just base it on what does the Word say. That, because this is the instruction manual. Is that right? Have, listen, one time I was putting a piece of furniture together. And I was following the directions, thankfully. And it looked like it was backwards. It looked like the thing was backwards. But I started looking at the instructions, and what, what, what looked backwards was I was putting it together right. I was just putting it together from the backside, following the directions. Is that right? It, listen, it didn't feel right. It didn't even look right, but it was right. Because I was following the directions. There's times your mind, your body, your feelings will tell you this isn't working. It isn't, it isn't accomplishing anything. But it is because you're following the directions. You're following the truth. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. In John chapter 6, and Jesus has just ministered here uh, to some people that kind of got upset with him. <laughs> 
Because he said in verse 65, where we'll start, he said, therefore I said to you, no man can come to me except it were given to him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then Jesus said to the 12, will you also go away? Simon Peter answered, Lord, who, who do we ha- who sh- to who shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And then he went on and said, we're sure that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, here's what I want you to see. One translation says, Lord, where would we go for you speak the words of eternal life? Here's the point. Jesus has, other people have heard what Jesus said and they walked away. And Jesus said, are you going to walk away too? And they said, where do we have to go? You have the words of eternal life. Here's what I want you to focus on. Not just the man, although Jesus the man was the word embodied. But notice what they said. Where do we have to go? You have the truth that we need to be successful. Amen. Is that what, what they do? They, Peter turned to the word. It's, listen, it's not a man, it's not a person, it's not a woman. It's you turn to the word of God. Uh-huh. Amen. When the question came up, are you going to go to, they, where are we going to go? You have the word. Is that right? See, that's, that's, that's your answer. What does the word say? When they say there's no hope, there's no answer, there's no way out of this, what does the word say? Don't forsake the answer to stay with the problem. I got, I got, to, I got to go with the answer. The word is always the answer. Pastor Michelle has taught us for years, you can't hold the question and the answer at the same time. I got to focus on one or the other, right? Amen. When, when I'm helping my, my daughter with homework and helping her with, with things that she's studying, you know, if she gets stuck on something, a, a, a problem, a question, I'll say, okay, hang on. Let's not focus on that real quick. Let's look at it another way. Because have you ever sat and read something and you're like, hmm, it says this. That don't make no sense. And you read it again. And guess what it starts doing? Making less sense. Is that right? What do you have to do? you got to get your mind off the problem and put your mind on the answer. What's the answer here? What's the answer that I'm looking for? And, and when you turn to the Word, you're turning to truth and you're turning to light. Amen. Look at Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Hallelujah. I believe God. Psalm 119 and verse 59. Notice what the psalmist says. I thought on my ways and turned my feet to your testimonies. I thought on my ways and turned my feet to your testimony. One translation says, I continued, I considered my ways and I turned my feet to obey your testimonies. Well, your ways is always the direction that you're going. All right? And notice what he said. He said, here's what I did. I figured out I needed to change the way I was going, so I looked to the Word. I thought on your Word, I thought on my ways, and I considered your testimonies. I turned to the truth. That, that, that is the key. And, that, and that's something I have, to make, I have to make the physical decision to do, to turn to the truth. I'm, I'm going to turn to the higher truth in this circumstance. Ever what this is saying, 
I'm going to turn to the higher truth. I'm, I'm going to turn to the truth that all truth comes from. Amen. Amen. Because this is what makes the difference. See, what, what makes the word operative in your life is it's not something you heard somebody else say. It's something that you take as truth and you operate in your life. It's not just parroting what somebody else said. It's that this is what works in my life. When, when, when Angela was born and had all the physical problems that she had, the scripture that we were standing on in Psalm 112 that said, my heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. That's the scripture that we stood on. My heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. And when they came and gave us the report, and they didn't know what was going on, we didn't know what was going on, when they came and gave us the report, Pastor Michelle was laying there in the bed, and the nurse, the doctor left the room, and she grabbed my hand and looked at me and said, Philip, my heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Now that's when the situation turned. Because we made the decision, we're going to turn to the Word of God. We're going to turn to the light. When the circumstance tries to overwhelm you, it's trying to bring darkness. It's trying to dull the perception. It's trying to dumb you down. The Word, the Bible says, is light. It's truth. It's wisdom. It's, it's the sword of the Spirit that, that divides asunder between the soul and the Spirit and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. When you don't know what to think about something, when you don't understand which way to go, you turn to the Word of God and the Word of God produces wisdom, gives you light, and shows you the truth. But you, you've got to turn to it. Amen. Because, because, because it's, it's not just always the enemy, it's your mind, although that's where the devil plays, is in your mind. He always wants to bring to you everything you did wrong, everywhere you missed it, what you didn't do, all of your failures. God never brings your failures up to you. God never brings your mistakes up to you. God never brings up the, the fact that you messed up up to you. God forgives your failures. God forgives your mistakes. God puts that behind him. And then he says, now I'll give you the answer. Am I right? He said, but notice what he said. He said, I considered my ways and I turned to your testimonies. Glory to God. Oh, that's so important. Now see, it sounds elementary, but this is the answer. This is the answer. The, the deep things of God are not hard to understand. Nobody was deeper than Jesus, and Jesus taught on an eighth grade level. And nobody taught anything deeper than him. He, he was teaching things on an eighth grade level that the scholars of his day couldn't grab. Amen. Amen. Because here, here's what happens. People want something that is more involved. Well, surely there's something I need to do, and, and surely there's something I need to, to, to focus on harder, and I, I need to work harder to do. You just need to turn to the truth. When you turn to the truth, the Bible says you will behold wondrous things from the Word of God. The Bible says you will behold things that will turn your circumstance completely around just by turning to the Word. When you turn to the Word, it's proof positive that I have a desire for the Word to change my life. Because that's what I'm looking to. Oh, hallelujah. Look at, uh, you're right there in Psalm 119. Look at verse 30. Notice what it says. I have chosen the way of truth. 
Your judgments have I laid before me. Notice, I've chosen the way of truth. I've made the choice. I've chosen the way of truth. Why is this so important? Because of the nature of the word. The word is truth and the word is life. It's because of the nature of the word. That's why when you do something that violates the word, it feels like the light went out. Well, it's not that the word's not there and not capable. It's when, when I do something that violates the word, I've chosen a different path. I've chosen a different direction. Ever what it may be, we're going to look at it in a minute from the word. It's what I believe. It's the, the stance that I take. It's the direction that I go. If, if I do something that violates the word, the light goes out. Why? Because it's no longer shining on my path. Notice what he said. He said, I have chosen the way of truth. I made that choice. You always choose to believe. You choose to stand on the word. You choose to take it as truth. Oh, hallelujah. That's the nature of the word. Look at Psalm 119. You're right there, verse 105. The entire chapter of Psalm 119 is all about the word. Every verse is about the word. There's something in the neighborhood of 168, 69 chapters, something like that, 174. But notice what it says, or verses, I mean. Psalm 119, verse 105, notice this. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, that's, that's a verse that, you know, people put on their uh, confession list and they confess it. But notice what it says. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Your word is a light for where I am. And a light for where I'm going. So it illuminates where I'm at and it illuminates where I'm going. Hallelujah. It's not just light for here. It's light for where I'm going. I can see where I'm going when I look in the word of God. Hallelujah. Where Where you're going will be illuminated by the word if you'll just turn to the word. Where you're at will be illuminated by the word if you'll just turn to the word. So you're putting everything through the filter of light. Every thought that comes into your mind, you're putting it through the filter of light. Amen. Right? I mean, I mean, think about this. Just think about this for a moment. The enemy comes to you and says, now, now you may not believe him if he used these words, but just, you know, for the sake of, of teaching, I got to embellish what he might say a little bit. You know, you're a sorry, no good, dirty, rotten, scoundrel sinner. Well, you know, if you hear that and you put that through the filter of light and you know you're born again, well, what's the scripture say? You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are justified in God's sight. You're made accepted in the beloved. You're a son or a daughter of God. All your sins have been forgotten and put in the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered against you. Is that right or not? So what did you just do? You put that through the filter of light and through the filter of truth, and what happened? You found out all that was darkness and all that was a lie. But what if you think on that? And you don't turn to the truth. You don't turn to the light. Then what? You're stuck with the darkness. And here's what I've learned about darkness and light. The more you focus on the light, the lighter it gets. The more you focus on the darkness, the darker it gets. 
it, it never just stays dark like it is. It'll get darker. That's why the light you're getting on the Word in whatever area that you're looking at it, you'll get more light on it. That's why you'll get more light next year on what you know this year because you're just sticking with the Word. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why, have you, have you ever been sitting and somebody will open the Bible, you know, preaching, ministering, and they'll read a scripture, and then they'll say something, and you'll say, well, I've heard that scripture a hundred times, and I never heard anybody talk about it like that. Well, they just had more light. Amen. It wasn't that they knew more than you. They just had more light. They could just see more. Amen. So you're, right, you're putting it through the filter of the light. And, and that's what you do. You take everything and put it through the filter of the light and the filter of the truth. Why? Because everything doesn't pass the truth test. Amen. Nothing the devil says will pass the truth test. Why? Because he is a liar and he's the father of it. Amen. A- am I helping you? So you can take elementary things that we know. You know, when you're believing God for health in your body, the devil will try to tell you how sick you are. He'll try to tell you how bad off you are. What do you have to do? You have to turn around and you have to put it through the filter of truth and put it through the filter of the light. What does the Bible say about that? It says, with his stripes I am healed. It says, Jesus bore my sicknesses, carried my diseases, and with his stripes I am, is that right? And you're putting that through the filter of light. How many times do I have to do it? You have to do it till the light shows on your pathway. You do it till the darkness goes and the light stays. Is that right? But you're constantly putting it through that filter. You're constantly putting it through that filter. Amen. That's so important. Now, uh, verse 13 of Psalm 119. We will get out of Psalm 119. Hallelujah. I'm sorry, I said 13, 130. Psalm 119, verse 130. Notice what he says. The entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. So what happens when the word enters? It gives light. When, when the Bible says the simple, those that lack understanding. And notice what comes with the light, understanding. Now I understand. Right? You can be wondering about a circumstance or a situation. You go to the Word. And what happens? You get understanding. Amen. You know, the Lord wants to tell you about things. But I got to go to the Word. I, I got to spend time in the Word because that's the truth. Amen. It gives understanding to the simple, them that don't understand. Oh, hallelujah. So we'll notice the Word gives light. And the enemy attempts to bring darkness through circumstances. Hallelujah. So to receive the light that the word is, it has to be turned to. Look at Matthew chapter 11. To receive the light that the word is, it has to be turned to. I was talking to somebody one time. They were asking me questions. I say talking to them. They were texting me. 
And uh, uh, because that was their preferred method of communication, and I don't like to do that, but in, in any event, I was trying to help them. And they said, well, you know, they were asking me questions about, about the word and, and questions about, you know, they were dealing with things that, 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 that uh, they felt like were hindering them and, and thoughts and these different things. And I took them to the word about being a new creature in Christ Jesus and old things being passed away and, and our standing in Christ. And, and they, they contacted me and they said, well, they said, uh, what's the action steps here? And I said, there's one. It's called faith. Everything in the Bible is activated by faith. Everything. You got to believe it. And you know what they text me back? That's just make, that's, that's make believe. That's acting. Well, I mean, think about this for a moment. If you're sitting here today and your finances are less than desirable in your life, yet you have just given and you've attached your faith to what you've given and your declaration, if you're in faith, is not, I'm broke, I'm struggling. What's your declaration? I have given, therefore it's given unto me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. My God is causing men to give into my bosom right now. Is that right? Amen. Amen. Now, is that make-believe? No, that's you acting on faith. But what are you acting on even more? Light. And if you're acting on the light, if there is a problem that you need to correct, the light will bring you the understanding. Don't fight your head about what you don't know. Get in the Word. You know that's true. It'll bring you light, and it'll give you understanding. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do you see that? I had to learn that years ago. I can't fix what I don't know. And I, and I, right? And, and, and I can't worry about what I don't have understanding of. I got to get in the Word. That's why, that's why one of my favorite passages of Scripture, I declare it over myself all the time, is I have the spirit of wisdom and understanding. I have the tongue of the learned. I know how to speak a word in due season to them that are hurting. I have asked for wisdom from the giving God, and he has given it to me, and he doesn't upbraid, but he gives it liberally. Jesus has been made unto me wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. I have the wisdom of God in my life. Now, what is that? That's a barrier. To the darkness of not knowing. Because it's got to go through the light of wisdom. I've got wisdom. And if I need more, I can go get more. See, that's how you got to live your life. Amen. Say it out loud. I have all knowledge of everything I need to know through the Word. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it one more time. Say, I have all knowledge of everything I need to know through the Word. That's why you want to avoid those words like, I don't know. I don't understand. I can't. Because that's a violation of light. Well, what if I don't understand something? Then you need to declare this. Father, in the natural, I don't see how this can happen, but I know you have the knowledge to help me. Amen. Because what you're putting it through the filter of the truth. Am I helping you? 
So to receive the light that the word is, it's got to be turned to. You find Matthew 11, Matthew chapter 11, verse 1. Came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples, he departed to, uh, to teach and preach in their cities. When John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. Now, you're right there in your Bible. Where'd he hear of the works of Christ? In prison. Is that right? And, and notice what he said. Sent two of his disciples. Said, aren't you he that should come or do we look for another? And Jesus said, go and show John those things that you hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised up. And the poor have the gospel preached to them. Now, the first thing I want you to see is Jesus is not pointing to the physical acts to prove anything. He's pointing John back to the word. What does the word say the Messiah would do? These things. You read through the book of Isaiah, around Isaiah 38, Isaiah 45, you find that these are things that the, the, the prophet prophesied that the Messiah would do, especially opening the blind eyes. Read, read your Bible all the way through the Old Testament. No blind eyes were ever opened in the, blind, in the Old Testament. Why? That was, according to the Old Testament, that was a miracle reserved for the Messiah. Amen. And, and Jesus said, you go tell John this is what's happening. Why? Because John knew the scripture. Go, go back to the scriptures, John, and see, I'm doing what the Messiah is supposed to be doing, so I'm him. When Jesus met the two men on the road to Emmaus, and they were talking about the things that were going on in Jerusalem, and Jesus said, what are you all talking about? And they said, are you the only one that doesn't know what's going on? And they talked about how Jesus had been crucified and, 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 and killed and buried, right? And what did Jesus say? Oh, slow of heart and slow to believe. And it says he started at the prophets and took them all the way through the scripture. Amen. Why didn't he just look at them and go, boys, I'm him? Because he wants you to believe his word. What did the word say? He wanted them to see the word is truth. The word said, this is what I would do. And now here I am. Is that right? Peter said, we heard the audible voice of God on the Mount of Transfiguration. He said, we heard the audible voice of God. And then he spoke to the people that he was writing to in the church at Rome. And he said, we have a more sure word of prophecy, which is the written word of God. It's important. Prophecies are great. Words that are spoken over you are great, and you need to believe them, and you need to put them down. But this is something that speaks to you every day. This is light every day. This is understanding every day. This is truth every day. Amen. And you find when you're living in the light and you're living in the truth, a lot of those things that used to try to overwhelm you and overcome you have no shot because you're out ahead of it. Oh, glory to God. Do you, do you see this? What is this? This is the circumstance attempting to darken the light. This is John's circumstance attempting to darken the light. And not just prison. I mean, you know, I've heard people kind of give John a hard time. Well, you haven't been in prison yet, 
with them saying, we're going to cut your head off. So don't pop off at John too much. Right? The circumstance is trying to darken the light. And Jesus said, what does the word say? I'm doing what the word says the Messiah would do. You got to put it through the filter of the word. Look at 2 Corinthians 4. And, and that's, folks, that's in anything. You know, I'm concerned sometimes that, uh, especially in our circles, word of faith circles, and, and I'm concerned that, that, that people think just because I've got a confession list that if I just confess it enough, it's going to work. It's what you believe. I mean that. You're better off to have one scripture that you believe than a whole ream of paper that you're trying to make happen. And listen, I confess scriptures over my life every day. I have have confessions I go over every day. But here's the thing. I know what I believe. I'm not trying to make something happen through my much confession. Listen. We have a, a, a family in Conchitores uh, de uh, Fe at the, the, the Little Rock location, our Hispanic congregation. And uh, uh, Jocelyn and her husband, uh, Mariano, and her uncle and aunt live in New Mexico. And uh, he was working, he, he works uh, uh, with a big crane. For whatever reason, I don't know why it was, uh, he was on that crane and uh, doing some work, and he slipped on that crane. He was a long way off the ground, and, and, he, and he fell, and when he landed, he landed on his feet, but it shattered his feet, just destroyed his feet and all the bones. And so they, they got him gathered up and took him to the doctor, and he was there for a number of hours, and the doctor said, you know, there's nothing we can do. He said, you got to have something to put back together, and you don't. And they were telling him he might not ever walk. You know, and of course that bothered him. Jocelyn came. She, she comes on Thursday to do some things at the church. And she came and was telling me the story. I said, well, let's do this. Let's agree. And let's agree based on the scripture where David said that you knit my bones together in the womb. Right? Now, is the word truth? Is the word light? If God can knit bones together in the womb, God can knit bones together in a middle-aged man's body. Does God know where every bone in the foot needs to go? Does he? So what he, now, now listen, why was he having a hard time? Because he was trying to put the circumstance and figure it out in his own mind. And he was wondering, he's a believer, he was wondering if he even wanted to stay around if he wasn't going to be able to walk. Well, that's a problem. Right? Because what's he doing? He's giving up. And if you give up, what hope is there? None. Zero. The Bible says it's better to be a live dog than a dead lion. Amen. You may feel like you've been wrung out and hung out to dry, but baby, you're here. You made it. You're still around. Are you following me? You made it. You're still here. You're still breathing in and breathing out. You still got the full mobility of all your limbs. God is still on the throne. Jesus is still Lord. Everything's going to be all right. Amen. Amen. Let, let, let me finish this story. You know, pastors got stories. Let me finish. 
You hear Marie laugh at me. That's all right. But anyway, we agreed on that scripture. And we said, Father, we agree on this in the name of Jesus. Well, we went through the afternoon. I didn't hear anything. And, and uh, uh, we, we went on. We had church Sunday. And I was talking to them. And financially, they said, well, we have a testimony. And, and so we agreed on Thursday night. And she said, Thursday night, way up in the night in his room, he said he woke up because he felt somebody working on his feet. But nobody was in the room. And he said, I felt hands on my feet and they straightened all my toes out. Ah, hallelujah. And he said, the only way I know to explain it is I felt like worms in my feet and he said all the pain started leaving the doctors came in the next morning and said we don't get it but there's nothing wrong with your feet except for in the heels and we can fix that glory to God see this is truth and the Bible says where two will agree as touching anything that they desire, it'll be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. So it's supernatural to think that two people, a pastor and a member of his church, can agree in Little Rock, Arkansas, and Jesus show up in a man's room in, in New Mexico and healing. But when you put it through the filter of truth, it's not a big deal. Isn't that right? Amen. Amen. Listen, there, there are things you got, and, and you never outgrow this. You never outgrow this. Now, <laughs> because, because the more you intend to do, the, the stronger the opposition can be. And you're constantly putting those, Right? We call it casting down imaginations. Well, how do you cast down imaginations? You bring them under the authority of the word, which is the what? The filter. Right? Hallelujah. That's how, how do you know nothing is ever hopeless? Because you serve the God of all hope. Is that right? You serve the God of all hope. Romans 5, 5 says that, that hope, the hope you have, does not make ashamed why? Because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So that means what you're hoping, what you got a picture of, it's going to come to pass because God loves you so much that he's going to make it come to pass if you'll just believe him. I'm telling you, your best days are ahead of you. I'm telling you, your best time is ahead of you. The light is going to shine on your path. The truth is going to manifest in your life. Your days are just going to get better. Glory be to God. Amen. 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 Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. We had, we had a guy come up. We had, a, we had a man come up one time for prayer not too long ago, and the doctors had diagnosed him with cancer, prostate cancer. And uh, uh, he wanted prayer. We was having a healing meeting, and he wanted prayer. And I prayed for him. I didn't know him. And I didn't feel led to ask him anything, you know, about his life. But I prayed for him. I knew the healing power had flowed into his body. And the next week, I didn't see him. But then the, the, the week after that, Pastor Michelle was there, and she ministered. And she gave the altar call. 
And, but here's something. Uh, 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 the, 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 the week after I prayed for him, they got the, the results. He went back to the doctor and there was no cancer. There was cancer before he got prayed for and no cancer after he got prayed for. Well, he came back the next Sunday and got saved. He wasn't even saved when I prayed for him and God healed him. See, you can't, you can't put God in that box of God don't care and, and God's aloof and God's this stern ogre. God healed somebody that had not even given their heart to him. God will do amazing things to anybody that will just in simple faith act on what he said. If you don't think God will heal unsaved people, everybody Jesus healed was unsaved. Now you just put that in your pipe and smoke it. Be careful what you're smoking in your pipe, but. <laughs> True. Somebody told me one time, said, well, it's no big deal. It's legal in Missouri now. It don't make it right. Let me move on. Let me move on from that. I'm not political. I'm, I'm moving on. Glory to God. Might have lost some of the ushers. I better just move forward. <laughs> Like a buddy of mine was telling me not too long ago, he said, uh, he said when he was, he was in college and he, and he came home from college and he said, I took my, my, my hat off my cap and, and put it on the, on the uh, shelf or whatever. And he said, my mom, now, now you got to, these people are from a little bitty town in, in western Arkansas or western uh, Kansas. And, and said, my mom came in and, and picked up my cap and she goes, honey, your cap smell like that funny smoke. <laughs> I laughed. I laughed so hard. I, I know his mother. I could just see her going, that funny smoke. I'm like, that, that's that funny smoke. Uh, some of y'all know what I mean. <laughs> Kathleen will admit it. <laughs> but, you know, they say it has no long-term damage, but I, I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is we're redeemed. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Oh, Second Corinthians 4, 4, real quick. Before she goes in her purse. Amen. <laughs> glory. Second Corinthians 4, 4. Now, you know this verse, but notice... It says, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not. Now, notice that's a key phrase. They don't believe. Now, we've established already believing is a choice. Now, why are they choosing not to believe? Their minds are blinded. The perception is darkened. All right? Notice why that happens. Less the light. Notice what the light is. The glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So why is the enemy trying to blind the minds so that understanding doesn't come, so that light doesn't show up? Now, here's the bottom line. Everybody that is a believer has at one point in time or another allowed the enemy to blind your mind. Everybody. Amen. No, nobody can say they haven't. All right? If you do, you need to come pray right now. All right, because everybody's done that. Everybody has been talked into believing the circumstance instead of the answer. Is that right or not? Yeah. But, but notice why. Notice why it happened. 
Number one, the enemy's working on that. Because he doesn't want the light to shine. Amen. Now, Jesus said, John said, or Jesus said in John chapter 3, that the light shone in darkness and the darkness didn't comprehend it. But he also said that the darkness could not overcome the light. What does that mean? It might be dark. You keep turning to the light. The light will overcome the darkness. But the light, that's why the enemy fights to, to, to move you away from the answer and to move you away from the light. Is that right? That's why he fights to do that and gets you over here trying to fix it with your own hands because then the light of the word can't shine in that circumstance. Oh, hallelujah. So he said, he said, blind the minds. One meaning of that is to darken the mind or obscure. Those are key words, darken. Obscure. So, so what's he trying to do? Make it dark. Make it obscure. And you're constantly what? Going to the light. And you're going to the light. So every time you go to the Word, you're pulling the light, and the light's showing up. Is that right? And what happens? The darkness cannot overcome the light. You keep going to the light. Tell your neighbor, just keep going to the light. Now, that's in, that's in any area. That's in any area. I'll have, I'll have, I'll have uh, young men and women come to me, and they'll talk to me about maybe getting into a relationship. And the first thing I ask them is, are they born again? Well, you know, Pastor, why does that matter? Because the Bible says if you get unequally yoked, there'll be a problem. Well, what did I just do for that person? Turn the light on. Yeah, but they're so handsome. They're so beautiful. Doesn't matter. Right? I mean, it doesn't matter. Because, because you, want, you want to be hooked up to somebody who's what? A child of the light. Hmm. My oldest daughter told my wife one time, well, you know, I, 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 I'd like to find a man like dad. And my wife said, you don't find him where you're looking. You're not going to find me in the bar. Ever what you think of me. <laughs> well, I don't think you're that much. Well, it's, that's okay. You just don't have enough light. <laughs> right? It's got to be the case. <laughs> Oh, hallelujah. But, but my point is, see, the enemy's trying to obscure. And, and a lot of times people think that obscurity is just coming, just coming through a bad thing. That's not necessarily the case. Right. Amen. You, for instance, if, if you get an opportunity at a better job or a job making more money, you better pray is that God's will? Amen. Well, it's got to be God's will because there's more money. Not necessarily. That more money can be darkening the perception. Amen. It can make you not pray about it. Because it's right. But then you start praying about it and you start hearing things and you start sensing things and you start seeing things and you're like, okay, I don't need to do that. 
But see, because, because in, especially in our circles, it's, you know, well, if it's a blessing and if it's more, then it must be God's will for me. You need to pray about it. How many things does the Bible say to pray about? Everything. By everything. By prayer. Everything. Is that right? And what will happen? You won't get this darkening. This obscuring. Oh, this is important. Why? Because, because if, the, if, the darkness, if the darkness starts overcoming, I can't see where I need to go. Mm, hallelujah. One translation of 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, the ERV, you know, Irv's translation? Oh, Irv. <laughs> it says, the ruler of this world has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Notice, they cannot see the light of the good news. Now, this is so important. They don't believe and cannot see the light. If someone says that person does not believe, it's a choice. And this person is making a choice to not believe because the mind is obscure. Amen? Darkness impairs believing. Darkness impairs believing. You know how many people I've prayed for before or wanted to pray for, and, and maybe they were sick, and they say, well, but you know, the, the way I was raised is, you know, that it's not always God's will to heal. Well, the first thing we got to do is get rid of that. Amen. Well, if God can heal an unsaved man, why can't he heal them? The unsaved man chose to believe God would heal him. Amen. This person is saying it might not be God's will. Is that right? Now think about this for a moment. If, if, if I'm standing here and somebody, says, and somebody says, go over here to Sam, he's got $100 for you. All right. That's the first thing I'm going to say, yeah. Well, think about this. The way that was worded, it indicates he is ready and willing to give me that. Is that right? So I'm just going to go over there. But what if somebody said this? Sam has $100. He could give it to you if it was his will. I'm not going to go over there. I don't know if it's his will. Is that right? But when the light shows up, I said when the light shows up, and, and you realize God's the God that heals us, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Is that right? Then that means I can go to him at any time with any sickness in my body and say, I believe that you're my healer and I desire for you to heal me. And why? The light shows up. Yeah. I'm walking in the light of that. Don't make your Christian walk hard. Just walk in the light. Just walk in the light. Amen. But pastor, I got a lot going on. I know. everybody. Listen, everybody in this room has a lot going on. And the light wants to illuminate the pathway that you need to be walking on. Amen. Amen. Have, have you, listen, I've been in the situation before that you, it feels like you would get knocked down and you're just trying to get up and some loving person comes and knocks you down again. And then you're trying to get up and somebody knocks you down again. And then you finally get up and somebody hits you from behind. With a chair or something. The matador or whatever. Amen. But you, you got to depend on the light. 
Now, this is in any area of believing because we're to never examine the word in the light of our situation. You never take the lens of your circumstance and put it over the word. Amen. Don't examine the word in the light of your circumstance. Well, if I was more than a conqueror, why am I going through this? No, you, that's what you are. The Bible doesn't say people that are more than conquerors won't go through anything. It says you'll always come out on the other side victorious. Amen. Not because of the circumstance. God's not using the circumstance to teach you something. That's not what he's doing. Right? But you may, not, you may be here today and you don't feel like more than a conqueror. But you are because that's what the truth says you are. What will happen if you keep thinking that you're not more than a conqueror? You don't feel like a conqueror. You'll start going the way of your feelings. And then before you know it, even though you are a conqueror, the devil will defeat you. Because what did he do? He darkened the perception. Is that right? How many things can you do through Christ? How many? Except the one you're facing right now. No, no, no. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Is it, that's what the truth says. That's what the light says. So you keep putting what you can't do through that filter. And, and what will happen? You'll get the understanding. Why Psalm 119 verse 130 says the entrance of the word brings light. It gives understanding to the simple. There's nothing that I don't know that I won't know. And there's nothing I can't know. Amen. Why? Because the book of 1 John says that you have no need that no man teach you. You have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Now, it's not talking about you don't, you don't need to, to, to learn from a pastor or a minister. It's talking about where the things of God, of Jesus are concerned and Him being the Son of God, you don't need anybody to teach you that. You know that. But notice what he says. You have an unction and anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. Now, John said that in the Bible, that is the truth, so that means I can confess that. I know all things. Am I helping you? Always examine the situation in the light of the Word. Why? The Word's always the higher truth. The Word's always the higher truth. Amen. And, And folks, it doesn't matter who doesn't believe it. It's always the higher truth. Amen. The Bible doesn't need anybody to defend it. Amen. I've had people come and say, well, you know, I don't believe there's a God. Prove to me there's a God. I can't help you. I mean, you can't look around until there's a God. I mean, look at your body, such as it may be. <laughs> there is a God. glory right I mean to look at everything you see listen if there's a design what's the understood issue there if there's a design what is there a designer right it's important but but you got to know that amen 
The, the, the Bible talks in the book of James, and it talks about the, 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 the man that, that he, he talked about believing. Remember? And James said, and James talked about the, even the demons believe and tremble. Right? So, so believing, knowing something is in the word, would be that type of believing. Acting on what you see in the word is the believing that brings change. Amen. Look at, uh, look at John 17. I just got about two more verses. John 17. When, when you're putting everything through the filter of the word, it's calming your emotions, right? I've told the story, you know, when Pastor Michelle and I first got married, uh, some, of the, some of the things that, of course, we, we uh, both of us were dealing with, and, uh, and I decided I had, to, I had to get a hold on my emotions. I had to get a hold of, of the anger in my life. Because because that you know I was raised in the steel how in the steel family the louder you were the writer you were you just yelled that's what you did and uh, and so I went to the book of Proverbs and found the scripture that says a man that has no control of his spirit is like a city that is broken down without walls and I determined I got to fix that right well what happened the light kept coming. The light kept coming on that. Right. Is that right? I don't care who you are. You can't make me mad today. I've had people say, well, I can. No, you can't because I have too much light. There's too much to lose to get angry at you. Amen. Too much to lose. I, I need you to see that. All, all the things that we talk about walking in love and not being critical and not being offended and not holding things against people, that's because you got things at stake. There are issues in your body that are at stake right now. And you can't afford to get critical of people. Amen. You can't afford to point out what everybody else is doing wrong. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I heard Brother Hagin say years ago, and boy, I hold to it. He said, I wouldn't respond to them. They told on me I killed my grandma. I just won't. Amen. I had a person text me and cuss me out. I mean, I don't mean, I don't mean Christian cussing. You know, like corn and dang it and dad gum it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about sinner cussed me out. Page after page after page of cussing me out. And people say, what'd you do? Nothing. Why, it wasn't true. It wasn't true. Well, you know, what do you do about that person? Pray for them. What did Jesus tell you to do? To your enemies and those that persecuted you without a cause. What did he say? Pray for them. People will tell me, yeah, but you know, my family, and they're this. Listen, the Bible told you to pray for them. You got to pray for them. Is that right? Why? You want to stock the shelves. Why? They're going to need light. One of these days, they're going to need light. And you might be the only person praying for them. Everybody else might be criticizing them. You got to keep, you got to keep it going. Is that right? Mm. 
I'm helping you. That was free. But here's my point. You got to keep putting that through the, through the filter of the light. You got to keep putting that through the filter of the light. I'm not an angry person. I don't lose my temper. I'm not critical. I'm not offended. I won't be offensive in the name of Jesus. You can't offend me. I'm unoffendable. Amen. I got quiet in here. Why? You're putting it through the light of the word. Every time you get offended, you stop something. Every time you criticize, you stop something. Right? And you need, you need to be able to move into everything God wants you to be moving into. Listen, we've, we've all been watching the attacks on Israel and the things that are going on. Folks, that tells me one thing. Time is short. And we got to work on redeeming the time. And making sure, listen, that we're laying aside the baggage. We're laying aside the things that have tried to slow us down. And we're saying, Father, whatever is left of our time on this earth, I'm going to go after it with all my heart. I'm going to go after it 100%. And I'm going to see what you want to do in my life. Time is short. Time is shorter now than it's ever been. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. John 17. Look at verse 17. Sanctify them, set them apart. How? Through your truth. What is truth? Your word. Your word is truth. That's the verse that changed my life. I remember reading that years ago, close to 30 years ago, and I just put my left hand on that verse and raised my right hand to God and said, I choose to believe from this day forward every word in this book is absolute truth. Now, I was raised in a, Christ, in a preacher's home. I was born again at eight years old. And if you would have asked me if the word was truth, I would have told you that it was truth. But I wasn't sure it was all truth. I am now. And have been since that day. Now that's a choice. I said that's a choice. How do I know things are going to get better for you? Because you're the righteous. And the Bible says the pathway of the righteous grows brighter and brighter. Unto a more perfect day. So that means as good as it is right now, it's going to get brighter and brighter and brighter. And you're going to reach the perfect day one of these days. Oh, glory. So the word is truth in any matter under consideration. When you look at that word truth, that's what it means in the Greek language. The truth under of any matter under consideration. What else does the word do? You don't have to turn there. You can write it down. John 8, 32 says that when you know the truth, the truth makes you free. What does the entrance of the word do? Brings light, brings understanding to the simple. So you get the word, you get the light, and you get the freedom. From what? From whatever you're dealing with. And, And listen, you can't beat yourself up about did you fail yourself? Did you fail somebody else? Did you fail your family? Did you fail your wife? Did you fail your husband? Did you fail? What? Listen, you got to put all that behind you. I'm serious. This is important that you understand this because that, that failure, that feeling of failure will bring darkness. Yeah, but you know, my family, my friends, they don't believe in me. Jesus' own brother said he was crazy and did not believe in him until after he rose from the dead. 
What makes us think that everybody's going to think we're a-okay? What do you got to do? Stick with the word. I'm believing for my children. I know. And Isaiah 49, 25 says that the father right now is contending with them that contend with you and that he will save your children. Is that right? The book of Acts says that right now they are turning from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to the power of God and God is granting them repentance. Is that right? The book of 2 Timothy. Now I say this about our kids because that's what I quote over my kids and declare over my kids. That right now God is enabling them to recover themselves out of the snare of the devil and that they are going to take part of their inheritance that belongs to them as the righteousness of God in Christ. Now you got to hear me when I say that. Because if you don't keep the light going, you'll look at that young man or that young woman and you'll see hopelessness and you'll see no way out and you'll see there's no hope. That's the darkness trying to overcome you. No, we are children of the light. We walk in the light. Amen. Amen. Oh, listen, I'm telling you. Do, Do you hear what I'm saying? I feel like I failed here. Listen, no, 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 no. You, you, you back away from that. You back away from that. There, there are no failures in Christ. The devil never wins. I, I should say that again because that response was really weak. The devil never wins. Yeah, but I knew a believer that was believing to be healed and they died sick. Yeah, and where'd they go? Where? Where? The devil never wins. The devil never wins. Woo! Yeah, but I didn't want them to die. Yeah, but the other side of that's glory. I'm, I'm telling it, you, listen, it's, it's, it's light or darkness. If you let the enemy convince you you failed, you will, for, you will forsake the joy and the rejoicing that that person is now experiencing in the presence of God. Amen. Folks, I, listen, I, I, when my dad called me early in the morning on a Monday morning and he said, son, I've talked it over with the Lord and the Lord says I can go home. I didn't want my dad to go home. I didn't want him to leave this earth. Amen. But that's what he wanted. Amen. You know, I went to the Lord one time. One time I went to the Lord and said, Lord, where did I miss it here? He said it was his choice. He wanted to come home. I let him come home. Amen. Now that's, do you understand why I'm saying that? Because I'm a man that believes the word. I believe God. I believe if I lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. I believe that you and me can get in agreement and everything will go our way. That's what the Bible says and that's what I believe. But in spite of my agreement, in spite of my declaring, my father said, I'm done. I'm done on this earth. I'm going home. And what did he do? He went to sleep and went home. He's home. He's home. He's home. He's in the arms of the father. He's in the arms of the father. He's home. He's where he, he's where he wanted to be. There's no more heart problem. There's no more, no more swelling in his body. There's no more pain. There's no more frustration because I can't travel and preach. The light came. And when the light came, the darkness had to go. 
Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. Not thinking those thoughts no more. Not under that pressure anymore. Not under that pain anymore. My, our pain is real. We miss them. We want them to be there. We want things to be right. But we got to understand something. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And in his courts, in his presence, there is rejoicing forevermore, the Bible says. And right now, every person that we haven't lost that's in our future is right now leaning over the banister of the stands of heaven saying, run your race, push, get it done. God's got something for you to do. And we're going to do it. Because we got the light. I say, we got the, am I helping you? Let me finish this last verse. It's early yet. I'm telling you, if I get you to the buffet before the Baptist, it throws the whole pecking order out of whack. So, and this early, I'd get you there before the Methodist, and that would really be a problem. You may not know the pecking order. I can tell you what it is, but <laughs> the Lord's good to us. Am I helping you at all today? I love you. You know that? Yes, Psalm 119, verse 160. Your word is true from the beginning. And every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. That phrase, from the beginning, it means in the Hebrew, in its entirety. The word is true in its entirety. Amen. Hallelujah. And every one of your righteous judgments endureth forever. That's important to understand because you're putting everything through the filter of something that's true in its entirety. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. This is important. I say this is important. Hallelujah. I want God's highest and best for you. Amen. Everything. Everything that the local church is about is you. You know, I've had people say, well, it's not about, uh, all about us. Then don't read Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 4, and chapter 5, because he says it is all about us. Amen. Yeah, you, 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 we're not going to take the time. You can read it. It says it's all about us. It's not about self. It's about us. Everything Jesus did was for us. Every part of the package of redemption was for you and me. Everything Jesus did was so our lives could be changed. It is all about you. You are the apple of God's eye. The Bible says that, that you are part of the precious stones that's going to make up his jewels when you get to heaven. The Bible says even when a believer passes away and goes to heaven, it says that precious, costly in the eyes of God is the death of one of his saints. Why? Because it costs. It's precious. God thinks you're precious. God's not mad at you. God's not upset with you. God's not holding anything against you. God loves you. 
The Bible says in the book of Romans that, that, that God proved or commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, he sent Jesus to die for us. One translation says when we were of absolutely no use to God at all, he sent Jesus to die for us. God's not pleased with you because now you come to church on Sunday morning and lift your hands and give your tithes. God loved you when you didn't want anything to do with church. God loved you when you didn't want anything to do with him. God loved you when you were running from him as fast and as hard as you could. That's why he kept sending people into your pathway. That's why he kept sending laborers into the harvest to talk to you and to witness to you because he loves you with an everlasting love. And it's just like the song we sing, his mercy is is running after me. Every day I turn around, the mercy of God's there, the love of God is there, the goodness of God is there. You keep putting your circumstance through that filter. Amen. That's so important. I said that's so important. This became so clear to me one night. We had a, we had a drama here years ago. And Steve Pitnick, Steve Marilyn probably watching today, Steve Pitnick brought his aunt to church. And she was almost 90 then, almost 90 years old, had lived all of her life. And, and I'm going to say this religion, not because I believe they're wrong, but she had lived all of her life as a Catholic, but yet had never given her life to Jesus. You know, you can be a Baptist and not go to heaven if you haven't given your life to Jesus. You can, be a, you can sit here in my church and not go to heaven if you haven't given your life to Jesus. And, and, and she was in a wheelchair. And uh, she was here, and they, they put her on the front row, and she's watching that drama. At the end of the drama, they gave the altar call. If you need to know Jesus, here's this near about 90-year-old woman raised her hand, gave her life to Jesus, born again at almost 90 years of age. Now, here's my point. God was working on her all the way up to almost in her 90s to get the gospel to her. He'll never give up. He'll never give up. As long as there's breath in your body, he won't give up. Hallelujah. He'll keep sending people to you. He'll, am I helping you? Yes, sir. So right now, right now, your cousins, your uncle, your aunt, your kids, mom, dad, right now, somebody's going to go to them and tell them about Jesus. Why? Because that's what the Bible says. And right now the church is praying that laborers would be sent into the harvest. Is that right or not? Amen. Didn't it look hopeless in your family? It was bad, wasn't it? Is it bad now? Oh, it's good, isn't it? And God's healing him too. Isn't that great? Amen. Hallelujah. Remember the things they said about your son? Hopeless. It'll never change. But he's just been up under the word. Has it changed? It, it will. Oh, and it's just going to get better. Should have seen that boy running across the parking lot last night. Fast. Anthony said, why is he running like Pirates of the Caribbean? <laughs> I don't know. How do they run? Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Marie, that's why the days of your restoration have just begun. They've just begun. And what the Lord said to you at the, I think it was the end of Faith Explosion the other night. There are going to be things... There were things that were done to you that were unjust. And, no, and nobody thought about that. You knew it. It's going to be proven. And it's not going to be proven. 
There's a scripture in the book of Psalms, and David prayed this, and he said, Lord, vindicate your servant. I've been praying that for me. Michelle and I have been praying that, and I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen in your life. There's going to be vindication. There's going to be vindication. You know, it may not matter to anybody else, but you know. Have you ever went through something like that? And, you know, nobody, nobody else really cares whether you're vindicated or not. They love you. They appreciate you. And, and you're, everything's fine. But there's just this thing hanging over here. God doesn't want any of his people with anything hanging over their head and hanging out here that, he, that, that has not been publicly vindicated. He said, every tongue that shall rise up against you in judgment, you shall condemn it. And he said, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. I'm telling you, you keep a smile on your face. You keep your nose in the book. The light is showing it up. Everything is going to go your way. Everything. I believe God. Truth will always dispel darkness. It will always dispel darkness. I believe God. I say, I believe God. And things are just getting better. Amen. Things are getting better. Would you bow your heads with me today?